Hey guys, my name's Scott Niemeyer and I'm the lead pastor here at High Point Church. I wanna welcome you to our podcast. We hope that you are inspired and encouraged by the word today. Let's jump in and let's get started. For today, God, we thank you that we have this opportunity to be together with you and with each other. Uh, God, we thank you for vision. God, give us vision in our life. Give us vision for uh, our spiritual journey. God, show us what maybe our next steps are. God, allow us to really just connect with you in a very relational way today. We thank you for that, God. And God, we open up our heart and our life to whatever you have for us. We thank you, God, as we get into some practical things about the church that, that we'll be able to see, you know, where we're going. And I also think that we'll be able to see where, we're, where you want us to go in, in, in our journey. God, we thank you for that now. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. I want you to think about this, that God has a vision for your life. And if you just think about, about vision uh, itself, uh, you know, the, the, the vision industry, uh, I brought my glasses today. I, I don't normally wear them in public because I just got them a couple of months ago and I, I'm not quite sure if I like them yet, right? And I don't need them to be able to see far away. So I can still see perfect like at a distance. I can see all of you guys perfect. But sometimes like, um, you know, seeing something up close, I can't really see that good anymore. And I, I used to, I, I took pride in that for a long time. Like, no, I got great eyesight. Never going to hit me, right? Most people it hits about 40. I made it to 50. Come on, somebody, before I had to get glasses. However, let me tell you this. When your eyesight starts to fade or starts to dim, you will do whatever you can do to make sure that you are able to see. And so that's the reason that I have glasses, right? So I actually cannot see you now, but I can see my hand. And so uh, as an illustration, I want you to see that if you have need of something that can change your vision, you will do whatever you have to do to possess that so that you can see and you can make sure that you have the best vision possible. I want to challenge you with a thought today that it's not just about natural vision. Uh, that if just, I know that you guys have heard maybe this before, that we're all a three-part makeup. Every single one of us, we're made up of three different parts. You have a spirit, you have a soul, your mind, your will, intellect, and you have a body, this, this shell that we live in, okay? So many times we have an understanding about what we need to do in some of these areas, but sometimes we are missing what God wants to do in our spiritual life. Maybe that's why you're here today. Maybe that's why you're getting connected to a church is you're kind of discovering, okay, what does this spiritual part of me look like? What is, what is my relationship with God? What could that be? What, what could it look like? What could it develop into? And, and the point that I want you to see here is that in our physical body, if we can't see, we'll go do whatever we have to do to be able to see, Right? And I think sometimes if, our, if, our, uh, if, if our, our mind is not right, then we'll go get educated. We'll go find some, some information about something. But have you ever thought about the spiritual side also goes parallel with your, your natural side that God may have almost a different perspective in your spirit, man, in your heart, and he wants you to begin to see differently in your heart. And I like to say that our spiritual eyes are really probably more important than our natural eyes. Now, everything's important, both important, but your spiritual eyesight, vision, this idea of vision that comes from God, 
I want you to open up your heart to that. So let me give you a verse uh, that I want to just kind of expound on, Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. And it says this, now to him, and if you look at that verse, the capital, the H is capitalized, so to him, we're talking about God. So now to him who is able, everybody say God is able. Whatever you've come in here uh, struggling with, whatever you've come in here, you know, worried about or concerned about, let me just let that get down in your heart. God is able. God is, he's all powerful and he cares about you. So it says this, now to him who is able to do, and it talks about a couple things here, exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. So now to him, to God, who is able, so he's not just, it's not just words on a page, he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you and I have the capacity to ask or think. So let me just let that wreck your mind for a second. Yeah, he gave us a mind and a will, and we need to be able to use our mind to be able to, to communicate to God and to be able to ask him things. But I want you to know that his ability is not predicated on whether or not we have enough power or enough mind capacity to know it or to ask it, which means his ways are not our ways. With man, this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. It is no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. So it's this idea of identity that God is able. He's able, and let me just share this with you, exceedingly abundantly. There's another translation. This is the New King James translation. There's another translation, just the plain King James translation, and it says it this way, now to him who is able to do exceeding, there's no L-Y on it, so it's not exceedingly abundantly like two things. It's exceeding abundantly. So God is able to do, to, to exceed abundantly. Okay, I want you to see that, all right? Uh, above all that we ask or think, according, don't miss this part, to the power that works in us. It's not just the power that works in him. It's not what he's saying. It says that he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ask or think, according to the power that works inside of you. And so you, some of you are like, man, I have power inside of me, yes. Remember, it's no longer you that lives, but it's Christ that lives in you. You're gonna take up your cross every single day and you're gonna follow after God. So because he is in us, we have a power at our disposal. And I want you to begin to see this, not just in your natural eyes, but in your spiritual eyes, okay? And it says this, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever, amen. I want you to think about the idea in your life that you're on a journey. And let's call it today your spiritual journey. And that on this journey, it's most important for you to decide that you're not gonna stay where you are, you're going to move forward, okay? That God has something for you. Uh, Parker just shared a second ago a scripture in Isaiah 43, 19 that says this, that he's gonna do a new thing. Everybody say a new thing. He's gonna do a new thing. He's gonna make a, a pathway in the wilderness and a road or a stream in the desert. That's what it talks about. So he's gonna do a brand new thing. So I want you to just kind of get this idea that we are moving forward in our spiritual journey. Now, I wanna, I wanna kind of just pause here for a second 
And this being Vision Sunday, there's going to be a practical part to this message. And then I'm going to come back and I'm going to close it out with some spiritual truths and some spiritual thoughts that I want you to be able to connect in your life. Uh, but let me kind of give you some practical vision for our church first, and then we're going to talk about our, our journey. So a couple things coming up. Let me let you know about a couple of, of important uh, events that are coming up. On November the 6th, which is next week, all the way through the month of November, four different Sundays, you just heard about it on the news, uh, we're going to do a special series here called At the Movies. At the Movies is where we have uh, literally, we take... Uh, modern day movies and we pull spiritual truths out of them and we present those as movies and it's kind of a fun atmosphere. We have candy and popcorn and drinks and we kind of, you know, transform. We, got a, we, we actually have a DeLorean coming next week. Come on, somebody. I don't know about you, but I'm just fired up about the DeLorean, you know. Uh, after seeing that video clip, I just want to go 88 miles an hour and just see if I can do some time travel, right? <laughs> just kidding. But anyway, if you want to be able to take pictures with that, that'll be happening uh, for the next couple of weeks as well. Very excited about that. Uh, and then the last Sunday of this month, we're going to have family night uh, at the movies. And so on, on November the 27th, that's the Sunday after Thanksgiving. We're not going to have church on Sunday morning. So don't come on Sunday morning. Wait and come that night, right here on the same property the school is, there's also a park. It's called Centennial Park. There's a basketball pavilion and also an amphitheater. And so we're going to take over the amphitheater over there. We're going to do family night in the park. And we're going to do our, our last at the movies installment actually in the park. And we're going to watch a movie that maybe you know called Elf. Everybody say Elf. Come on, Buddy the Elf, right? Uh, and so that's going to be happening on the 27th. Also let you know about our Christmas uh, services one of the things we love to do here is our Christmas Eve experiences. And we do a candlelight. We kind of have worship songs. We have some special music. There's extra lighting in here. Everybody, you know, just really uh, is able to come in and, and celebrate Jesus. It's a great opportunity. On Christmas Eve, we're going to have two worship experiences, and that's on a Saturday, all right? So Christmas falls on a Sunday. We're not going to have service on Christmas Day. We want you to be with your family on that day. But we want to invite you to come out on Christmas Eve to one of two services on that Saturday at 3 p.m., 5 p.m. Both worship experiences are exactly the same. Uh, as you think about that, uh, I want to encourage you, if you're going to have, you know, as you're making your plans, make your plans around that and make it a point to, to come and worship the Lord on Christmas with us. Invite your family and friends if they're in, in town for that weekend, and we would love to worship with them. Uh, coming up this, this coming Saturday, we do something we call First Saturday Serve every month. Uh, this Saturday, though, uh, you've seen us talking about the uh, Operation Christmas Child boxes, and they're out in the lobby, those green and red boxes, and we pack those boxes. Uh, you guys, some of you have taken some home to pack, and it gives you instruction, and, and that's really Christmas for a child around the world, and you can, you can track uh, what that is all about, track where the box is going, and it's just a great way to be his hands and his feet to people that need some Christmas around the world, and we've been doing that since we launched the church, and we're excited about that. Uh, but on this coming Saturday, we're going to have corporate prayer and also a packing, uh, a, a time to pack those boxes. So you guys are packing some boxes that you've taken, but as a church, we're going to pack 200 boxes as a church. So I want to invite you to come out, be a part of corporate prayer from 9 to 10 a.m. And then from 10 to 11 or 12, however long it takes us, we're going to get an assembly line and we're going to pack these boxes, get them ready so that we can go and deliver these and they can get them uh, on, the, on the way to where they're going. And that's going to be at High Point Insurance. High Point Insurance is on uh, 2351 on the other side of town. It's 
where we do corporate prayer every, uh, every month. So I want to encourage you, 9 o'clock, come for prayer, 10 o'clock stay, and we'll pack those boxes and do a great outreach this coming weekend. Uh, last year, about this time, uh, we, we uh, are kind of moving into what we call legacy season, and we do a special offering one time a year. You notice we don't pass buckets every week. Uh, we just let that be, you know, as you see fit and you want to do that and you're worshiping God through your giving and we talk about the many ways you can do that, but we don't ever pass the buckets. Uh, but on, we take up an offering one time a year and that is what we call our legacy offering. And that will be on December the 4th, all right? That is the Sunday after uh, at the movies in the park. Uh, and we do that, and we'll, we'll have a special get, get guest here that's going to speak to us. Um, he's a, a Christian guy that is, has very successful businesses, and he kind of talks about the legacy and legacy opportunities that we have. Uh, but it's, it's your time to be able to give towards the vision of the church. And many people say, you know, Pastor Scott, what is the vision of the church? Well, that's what this Sunday is about. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share with you uh, some of the details of where we are in regards to our land, our building, and our office building projects. So we kind of have three different things there uh, that are aspects of this. And uh, uh, this year last, I'm sorry, this time last year, we were able to close on 13 acres of land here in Friendswood. And we're very excited about that. We're very proud of it. Uh, it is right across the street from the police station, if you know where that's at, on FM 528. Uh, I think 30,000 cars a day go by that location. Uh, it's right at a light. And uh, so we were able to buy that just by the grace of God and your generosity. And it's been a great, great blessing to us. And I want to give you the opportunity to be able to kind of hear the story of that. Uh, we shot a video and also what a future building could potentially look like on that property. And then also our office project, which is a house that's on that property already. And I'm going to show you some before and after pics of that and let you know about our office project and then also the church building. So if you don't mind, just turn your attention to the screens. Hey guys, I just want to give you a quick update. Man, we're so excited about all that God is doing here at High Point Church. And I really want you to think about this thought, that we are moving forward, that we're going to a place that we are not gonna, we're not gonna stay where we are, that God's always got another step and another move for our church. And so we're really excited to be able to tell you about what this forward motion really means for our church. So get this in your heart, get this in your spirit. We are moving forward. And I'm reminded of one of the things that God spoke to us during the very first part of us launching this church. And we were out there and we were, we were you know, looking at some portable church equipment. And I had a company come in and, and they came in and looked at our space at the school. And they're like, okay, we can do this, 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 and this. And I'm like, yes, we want it all. And then they give us this, this quote, you know, it's for like 400 and something thousand dollars. And I'm like, okay, we don't want it all. We just want a little bit of it. And I can remember, though, God spoke something to me, and, and he really took me to that story in the Old Testament where Elisha is approached by uh, one of the wives of, of a prophet that was working with him. And she comes in and said, listen, the prophet that you know, he's actually passed away, 
And now some of the debtors are coming to actually take my sons as payment. And she's like, I I don't know what to do. And he looks at her, he says, listen, what do you have? And she said, well, all I have is just a little bit of oil in, in, in the house. And he goes, okay, what I want you to do is I want you to go to your neighbors and I want you to go borrow vessels and don't just get a few and bring those back. And I want you to begin to go into your house, close the door behind you and begin to pour the oil into the vessels. And whenever you do that, let's watch what God does. And of course, you know the story as she goes and she borrows these vessels. And as long as there was an empty vessel there, uh, God began to, he actually filled it up. And God spoke to me, he said, listen, whatever you want to believe me for, for this church is push out some empty vessels. And I love that we did that with the portable church equipment and God supernaturally brought all of the resources in and the people uh, on the team to be, able to, to be able to get behind this vision and be able to reach people for Jesus. But you know, I really feel like right now with this land, this 13 acres right here in Friendswood, that we're pushing out some empty vessels. And we believe right now that God has a miracle for us. And we believe this is going to be just a great next step. I really believe that because, you know, whenever we have a new season of life come and, you know, you're presented with such a big number to believe God for, it can be discouraging. But I found so much hope in going back to our story, our launch story, because I remember that day when, when this company, this portable church company told us we would need over 400,000 and we had about 2000 in the bank, yeah. 2000 of our personal money. And I remember thinking there is no way. And in four months, God brought in, yeah. brought in more than yeah, we asked for 430,000 to be exact in four months. And we never asked anyone for any money. Yeah. And so I know that, that this next step for us, this next uh, season in life, it, it's an even bigger number, but just going back and knowing how faithful God is. I mean, even just one story, we had what, three weeks to get a third of that mm-hmm. to, to this portable trip. Cause they had to start making this equipment right away so we could launch in February, 2018. And I remember us holding hands and praying together in our living room, it makes me emotional, but we asked God for a hundred thousand dollars. It was impossible. Yet he brought it in. But listen, the story, thinking about this small church of 20 people gave us $50,000 that week. Then we stood before, I remember the first interest social we had where we called them interest parties where people would come and hear our vision. And we were so excited to tell everybody about this church of 20 people that gave us 50,000. And then afterwards, a businessman in our church or that was in that interest social walks up to us and says, if they can do it, God told me I can do it. I want to match it. And we had our hundred thousand dollars in three days. So crazy. And then, I mean, just to remember that. So I, as scary as this is, it's exciting because all we really do is have to get our faith out there. Not Scott and Kelly's dream, but our dream, your dream, High Point Church to, to build a legacy and leave it and pass it down to not just our children, but our great grandchildren and their children. I mean, that High Point Church, will truly be the highest point in this community where people can come together and not just worship God, but but be healed and be set free. And and uh, it's just exciting. And all we have to do, really all our part is pushing out those empty vessels together and asking God, what is my part? You know, right now, when we look at this piece of property, it's just, it's just a plot of land. But when we think about our dream and God's provision coming together, man, we see 
a facility. We see a center, if you will, that's going to be able to create life change for people. I, I see young people uh, running around on the property. You know, I see outreaches taking place where we're feeding hungry people. I see services where people are really discovering who Jesus is and more importantly, discovering who they are through Christ. You know, I'm so excited because I see when I see this plot of land, I see children playing. I see families coming together yeah. that, that were broken at one time. I see marriages restored. Yeah. I see that this is a house of worship. I see this is a house of miracles. Yeah. Like the potential is just endless. We're inviting you, everyone that if you're listening, yeah. or wherever you're at, we're inviting you on this journey with us. Yeah, come take this journey. Yeah, we with would us. love that. We don't know what tomorrow looks like, but we're gonna be faithful with what God's given us and the dream in our hearts. But also, I think it was no coincidence that at the same time yeah. that this property was available, that Friendswood Junior High became available for us to move into another portable facility, yeah. but it's more centrally located and we are just so excited. So and it's pretty exciting close, things happening. Yeah, pretty close to the land too. So really got some great things happening at High Point Church. As always, we invite you to come along and be part of the journey. If you've never experienced High Point Church, if you've never experienced what God is doing here through this community of people, I wanna invite you right now, come and be a part. Come on, get on the bus, come be a part of what we're doing and we believe God has great great things for you and for your family. Some of you guys maybe seeing the land for the first time uh, there on 528, and want to just kind of just kind of uh, uh, remind you guys what we're doing Vision Sunday for. It's it's not to for a hard ask of any kind. Don't ever hear if you hear that. I, I never want you to hear that. Um, but I do believe that God's doing something in our community. I do believe that He's doing something through our church. And and I always say this that God gives the vision. And I'm going to communicate that vision with you. And then I always just say, you know what, just pray and ask God what your part's going to be. That's it. There's no pressure. There's no, there's no hard push, anything like that. This is just God doing something. And I like to say it this way. God gives the vision, and we as the church, we set the pace of that vision. And, and I don't know when that building's coming. I hope it's sooner than later. Come on, somebody. Uh, but, uh, uh, but you know what? I don't know when that building's coming. It may be a, a couple of years. It, it may be 10 years. I don't know. But I know that God knows. And uh, we just want to keep the vision before you. I, I do want to kind of pull the curtain back on some of the finances for this project so that you guys can really see and in all transparency kind of where we are and how we do things. But uh, we purchased that land uh, last year for $2.5 million. And uh, as a four-year-old church, that was a stretch for us, as you can imagine. Uh, but I will just say this. We were able to put down uh, onto the principal $925,000. Come on, somebody. Put your hands together. God's doing some great things. So one of the visions that we have is obviously to retire the debt of the land so that we can, um, you know, the, the land will become eventually a down payment for the building project. Uh, and so we want to we retire that debt. It's 1.525 right now. Uh, and uh, so that's something we're kind of laying out before uh, on Legacy Sunday. Uh, phase number one, though, is uh, something that we really believe is the first step for us uh, after purchasing the land. And that is to create an office space 
and not just an office space, but a space that will allow us to do some very key things. The first thing is offices for the church. So as the staff grows and we can facilitate things and come on, I love the offices being in my house, but I'm ready to get some offices. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, (laughs) How many of y'all just know you need to get out of the house sometimes, right? Uh, And so that's how it is. Pandemic, we all were in the house, but uh, anyway, just just, uh, for offices for sure, we want to give a place for small groups to meet. Uh, we also want to give a place for uh, us to be able to do some youth events there uh, in this building and also on the property around. We also want to just be able to show the city this is who we are, that we're here to stay. We want to put a stake in the ground and say, you know what, this is what we are. This is what we're, the, 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 the future is going to kind of look like here. And then also one of the things that is, is, is a great need for us right now is our worship team is so talented and they do such a good job of bringing us into the presence of God. Do you realize that they don't practice very much, like really at all. They, they practice for about 30, 45 minutes before the first service. That's really all the time they have to do so. And so we, we're going to be able to, to use an area of the office to also be able to transform that into a studio so we can do some video shooting, uh, you know, social media outreach, and then also, of course, a place for the worship team to be able to practice. And after uh, five years, almost five years of, of, of no, no real place to do that, we're very excited that they're going to have a place to do that as well. And so uh, you say, well, Pastor Scott, what, what does that mean? Well, there are three buildings on the property right now, three houses on the property, okay? The front house is actually kind of charted out, uh, kind of uh, drawn out into its own one acre plot. And so it's like 12.2 and one acre, both combined, uh, 13.2 or three, something like that. And so uh, in that front uh, a lot, there's a house that was built in 2006. And that house looks something like this right now. If you've driven by it, uh, this is what it looks like. Um, it's right on 528. I call it the garage sale house because every time I drive by, they're having a garage sale. And, uh, uh, but anyway, uh, we have a vision to turn this house into our church offices, and this is what it'll look like whenever we get done. Come on, somebody. Can you just see driving by on 528 and seeing this sitting there? It's going to be a great thing for the church and, again, kind of a ministry outreach center. Uh, On the inside, this is kind of what we see just to kind of give you a glimpse of what it will be built out as and how it will look on the inside and kind of where we're going uh, in the level of excellence. Uh, I like to say this. It's it's excellence without extravagance. That's what what the church is all about. So we want to make sure it's excellent, uh, but obviously without extravagance. The estimated cost of that project, as you saw on the screen a second ago, is about $400,000. And so some of the legacy giving this year obviously will go towards uh, making this happen. I'm also very happy to say this, uh, that we turned in our special permit request on Friday. And if you don't mind, be praying with me because tomorrow the city of Friendswood is going to be voting on whether or not we can change the zoning of this property for special use for a church. And uh, we've done a lot of diligence. I'm talking about nine months worth of work to get all the paperwork right. And so I just want to encourage you guys, please be praying about that. That's the next step in this process. So, all right, let's move on. Phase two is the church building. And uh, don't have a lot of detail about this right now, except for the vision that we have. You saw in the video kind of a a picture of what the building could look like. Uh, We see a building of 35,000 square feet, okay? That will allow us to be able to, I believe, have an auditorium relatively close to the size of this auditorium, as well as a state-of-the-art 
children's ministry and kids area, uh, also Dream Team Central, uh, places to be able to do outreach, to be able to do some food uh, drives and things in there. So we just see lots of things happening inside that building. Uh, at the going rate right now, uh, that, and this is a big number, so don't get freaked out by this because I just, because <laughs> I'm freaked out by it, to be honest. Um, but uh, that building is going to cost us in the neighborhood of about $10 million to build. And uh, we're, but we're pushing out some empty vessels and believing. Like I said, not sure exactly when that's going to happen, but we're, once we get this office project phase one done, we're going to be moving that direction as quickly as we possibly can. And so I want you guys just to kind of know about that. Uh, Legacy Sunday, we talked about this uh, special offering once a year. That's going to be December the 4th. Uh, so h- here's what I'm asking. We're, I'm asking for 100% participation. That's it. And, but there is no, there's no equal amounts, okay? It's, 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 it's equal sacrifice. So it's not about all of us doing a certain thing. We're not asking, hey, can you give a pledge of this, 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 and that? Nothing like that. You ask God. God says, you know, do this. Then that's all I'm saying. Just, just, just ask God what your part's supposed to be. And we believe that God's going to be able to move us forward uh, for another year. Very excited about that. I didn't put this in, uh, well, let me just go to this next. Uh, at the beginning of the year, so after Christmas and after Legacy, all that stuff, we're going to start off the beginning of the year like we do each year as a church with 21 days of prayer and fasting. And uh, I wanna encourage you guys uh, to participate in that, to come alongside and to step in with prayer and fasting at the beginning of the year. Some of you are thinking, okay, I get prayer, but what is fasting and what do I have to fast? Uh, We'll talk about all of that, but it's not a required thing. It's just an invitation. And we would just ask you to, to maybe prayerfully consider, would you give up something for three weeks of time and spend some time focusing on prayer. And you say, well, Pastor Scott, why do we do that? We do that to give our, our we give the, uh, the first part of our year to God. So I'm like, okay, God, I want you to be completely in control of my life, of the church, of the ministry for 2023. And so we're gonna start off by giving you the first part of that year. And I'm telling you, it's just something, something supernatural happens in your heart and in your life whenever you lean into this. So I'll be teaching on it, but just wanna encourage you with that. And then also coming up in spring break, I just got off the phone this last week with some missionaries that we support in Guatemala at an orphanage down there called Casa Agua Azul. And we're gonna be taking a missions trip. Thank God COVID is completely over, uh, I hope, in the name of Jesus. So we can travel now and do some mission trips. Uh, And so we're gonna be going to Guatemala on spring break. Kelly and I are gonna be going, taking a group of people. We have 20 spots. If you wanna wanna experience a missions trip firsthand, I would encourage you uh, to keep your ears open for that or get with us and we'll let you know more information. All right, that's pretty well uh, the snapshot of where we are going here as a church, kind of leading into this season. I want to kind of shift gears now, and I want to talk about your spiritual journey just a little bit more. Uh, Let let me give you uh, a couple of verses here as I unpack uh, some steps that I believe are in every person's spiritual journey. I want you to open up your, your mind and your heart to the idea that God has a vision for your life. And the vision for your life is not for you to stay where you are, but for you to move forward. And as a church, we have basically studied the word and and been able to see in the word that God has a process for people. And so we wanna kinda help you on this process, if you will. And uh, as we unpack this, I want you to kind of try to find yourself as to where you are 
on your spiritual journey. And if you can identify that, then you can also begin to look at what is my next step in my spiritual journey. So that's kind of what this is about. So Proverbs 29, 18, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. So I want to answer this question as we're talking about the vision for your life, which was what makes up the church. What does a successful church look like? If you were just to, 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 if I was to ask you that question, what does a successful church look like? Is it just the fact that we have people coming? Is it just the fact that you kind of feel good whenever you get here? Is it the fact that there's good worship and good work? Like what makes a successful church? And all of those can be part of what makes us a, a successful church, but what actually makes us a, a successful church? Here's the answer. Success is when people are moving on a spiritual journey that God has for them. So in order for us to be a successful church, it is how well are we leading people, including ourselves, are we leading ourselves on a spiritual journey? Uh, and, the, and it's not just a spiritual journey, you know, like, you know, tarot cards and palm reading. We're not talking about that. We're talking about like the spiritual journey that God has for you, right? And so let, let's kind of dig into this a little bit. Matthew 28, 19 says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So here is our why. Everybody's always like, but why? Why do we need a spiritual journey? Why, why do we need to have a vision for our life? Here is the why that I believe God lays out from the Old Testament to the New Testament. I could take you to probably at least a dozen places where it actually lays this out for you. And so many people have, have, have get, get, get kind of hung up or stuck in a certain place on their spiritual journey. And I don't want you to be stuck anywhere. I want you to identify so that then you can begin to, to, to reach out to God, let him pour into your life and begin to get what you need so you can take your next step. So here's our why, because the lost need to be found. Let me just say this, lost things need to be found. How many of you ever lost something? Lost your car keys? You tear up the house trying to find those car keys, right? How many of y'all ever lost your cell phone? Come on, the world will stop if you lose your cell phone. Like, we're not going anywhere. Like, I'm shutting down, I'm shutting down school. I'm shutting down work. Like, nobody's going anywhere until I find my cell phone, right? Why? Because it's your lifeline. It's important. Let me just say this, that lost people also matter. Luke chapter 15, the lost, there's a parable, three parables. Lost uh, coin, uh, the lost sheep, and the lost son. And in every one of those three parables, Jesus teaches this, to leave what is found to go after what is lost. So this is what people think, though. Everybody's like, well, are you identifying me as a lost person? I'm, it's not my job to identify if you're lost or not. It's your job to identify based upon what the Holy Spirit reveals to you. God doesn't look down from heaven and be like, okay, there's the Christians and the non-Christians. There's the good people and the bad people. It's not what he does. He looks down from heaven. He says, like, man, look at my children. They're all my children. I love them all. Some are lost. Some are found. Once you understand that God found you, though, you need to be on mission to start helping him find some other lost people. So that's part of our spiritual journey is understanding how God, how God, uh, works in us and through us. So the lost need to be found. This is our why. And the found need to be free. Do you understand 
that God does not want you to live your life in bondage. He doesn't want you to live your life bound up by a certain addiction or a habit or a sin or something that is keeping you somewhere. And many times that keeps you in the place of bondage where you need freedom because you have not reconciled the things of the past that have happened to you. Now, I'm not here to get into all of that, but I do want you to know this. This is what the word of God says, who the sun sets free is free indeed. That if you believe in the power of God, you believe that God has the power to set you free. So God's just saying, hey, listen, the, the lost need to be found, the found need to be free, and the free need to be discipled. You know, that once we get free, we, we gotta be discipled. I like to say it a much plainer way than discipleship, and that is this, we need to become Jesus followers. Because sometimes you say discipleship, people think religion, you start talking church, people start identifying whatever their uh, picture of church is, that's religion. But like, no, be a Jesus follower, to be a Jesus follower. So the lost need to be found, the found need to be free, the free need to be discipled to be a Jesus follower, and then the Jesus followers need to be mobilized. The discipled need to be mobilized, the Jesus followers need to be mobilized. Do you understand that any time that God does anything on this earth, he uses people? I don't think anybody responded, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it again. Would that be all right? I mean, do you realize that any time that God does anything on this earth, he uses people? The issue is, is that some people get stuck on their spiritual journey and they're over here thinking that it's just only about me. And it is about you, and you gotta get, you gotta get freedom first, right? You gotta, you, gotta, you gotta come to God, you gotta find some freedom, but then like when you're being discipled and mobilized, do you understand that it's about all of us becoming the hands and the feet of Jesus? We all have a role to play. We're all the body of Christ. So the lost needs to be found, the found needs to be free, the free need to be discipled, and the disciple need to be mobilized. And I put this in your notes, God has another step for you. All of us, even me. But I, have, I probably have a million more steps ahead of me. Well, because this is not a deal where you arrive, you just keep going. So God has another step for you. Exodus 6, 6 through 7. Let me kind of go through this real quick. Can y'all listen fast? Because if you listen slow, I got to keep you longer. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Here we go, real quick. Exodus 6. Therefore, say to the Israelites, Exodus children of Israel in bondage in Egypt, breaking away under Moses. Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out. Everybody say, bring you out. From under the yoke of the Egyptians, I will, here we go, free you from being slaves to them. Point number two, I will, point number three, redeem you with an outstretched arm and with your mighty acts of judgment. Verse number seven, I will take you as my own people, come on, mobilizing us, and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. So here's God's plan for you according to the verse that we just read, and that's this. God wants to bring you out from where you are. Pastor Scott, where am I? I don't know. Where are you? But wherever you are, if you don't like where you are, he wants to bring you out from the, from the place that you're in. If you don't know him, he wants to be in relationship with you. Serving God is not about a bunch of rules. I'm so grateful for the law of Moses. I'm so grateful for the 10 commandments, but Jesus didn't come to abolish those laws, but to fulfill them. But if we view our relationship with God as a bunch of rules, you will miss out on the relational part of your God. And you need to be in relationship with your God. As, a, as it, 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 it compares this in the word of God as a man knows his wife. How many of you know in my relationship with God, like in, in year number one when I was married to Kelly, we're in a different place in year number 29. 
Like, she knows me way better. And if she'd have known what she was getting 29 years later, she may not have signed up in year one. (laughs) Come on, somebody. We're just talking real stuff right now. Well, in Jesus, it's kind of the same way. We, get, we spend time with each other and we know each other. Okay, so here's the thing. So God wants to bring you out from where you are. Second thing is this, he wants to free you. Free you from what? I don't know, what are you in bondage to? I'm not talking about the thing that you think other people know. I'm talking about the thing that you don't tell anybody. What's that thing? Number three, he wants to redeem you. It means he wants to purchase you with a price, which is what Jesus came to do. He wants to redeem. He wants to tell you, you're not this anymore. Now you're this. You were this identity. Come on, you were Simon, but now you are Peter. You were Abram, but now you are Abraham. You were this person over here because of the situation that you grew up in, but now I want to set you free, and I want you to be this person over here. I'm preaching way better than y'all are receiving today. Number four, he wants you to be his. He wants you to be his. He wants to walk with you and talk with you. And this is the crazy thing about your relationship. The, the vision that I want you to see for your spiritual journey is in the beginning you'll think, it's about, I gotta quit doing and I gotta stop this and I gotta, listen, if you can get past the fact that God has enough power to set you free, if you can get a hold of that, then all this stuff over here, when he says, you know, I have now something for you to do. So it's not just about the nose, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. How about when he starts telling you to do stuff? Hey, 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 reach out to that person. Hey, love on that person. Hey, encourage that person when you walk by. Hey, hey, talk to your wife just a little bit different. Hey, encourage your husband. He might actually become the man you want him to be. Y'all okay today? Y'all like, Pastor, can we go back to talking about the buildings? Here we go, here we go, here we go. Jesus said it this way. Here we go. Mark 16, 15 through 16. Then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. And I love this. Anyone, everybody say anyone. This is not just for your neighbor. It's not just for the pastor. It's anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. Colossians 1, 28. He is the one that we proclaim. He, we don't proclaim us, we, we proclaim him admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. As your pastor, I want all of us to be on a spiritual journey together where I am, I'm admonishing you. I am encouraging you to not stay where you are, but to continue to walk forward and to get a vision for your spiritual journey. Ephesians 1, 17 and 18, my life verse Here it is. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. This is Paul praying for the church at Ephesus. And this is what he's saying. He's praying for these people, and I want you to see it as as, as, as him praying for all of us today. I'm praying, and I keep asking God. Man, I'm coming. I'm asking God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father. So he's this great Father. Think about a fathering spirit. May give to you the spirit of wisdom. In Revelation, he wants you to have wisdom in Revelation so that you may what? Know him better. Everybody say know him better. I pray the eyes of your heart may be opened in order that you may know the hope to which he's called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance and his holy people. So we pray that everyone can know God. So let me give you the four steps 
of how we have taken some of these verses in the Bible about spiritual journey and we have defined those into language as a church that you can connect with. Here they are. I'm going to give them to you real quick. Know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. The first one is know God. We talked about this, not rules, but intimately. Matthew 7 says it this way. No one who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many of you will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then, they will, then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Everybody say knew. What he's saying is you can do all of these things, you can go through the motions, but I don't know you. You can be in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but I don't know you. Like, I want to know you. You don't have to be perfect. Just get to know me and watch how my power begins to work in your life. How do we do that? Mainly through our weekend experiences. So here at High Point Church, every, we're never going to have a Sunday morning worship experience where I don't ask the question, hey, do you want to know God? And I'll ask you and I'll say, hey, you can raise your hand right now and we're going to believe in prayer together. And I'll lead you in a prayer. And it's not so much about the prayer it is words and faith and action, but it's more about your heart posture whenever we pray. Number two, so know God. Number two is this, find freedom. James 5, 16, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that, you're, that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. How do we do that? How do we, how do we find freedom? We have freedom small groups here at our church. There's specifically a curriculum called freedom. We have one for men, one for women. We'd love to have 10 of each of these as the semesters grow. Uh, we want that to happen. But I would encourage you, if you're looking for some freedom, to at least get into a small group. Or maybe you want to get into a freedom small group. And what they do is they go in there and you just, you just God begins to kind of clean all that mess out. Get some freedom from that stuff. And then he wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit so that now you've cleaned all that out. There's an empty space there. He's like, now let me show you who I am. Okay. So small groups, I know it just seems like, oh, I just go to a small group and want to be free. It's, it's not like that. It's a process. It's, it's something that you're walking through. But I know that God has freedom for all of us. Third thing is this, is discover your purpose. I love this, Romans 12. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body. And each member belongs to the others. So what he's talking about here is that each of us uh, has one body. So I have a body, you have a body. And what makes up your body and my body is a bunch of different parts. Like your fingers, elbows, legs, all this kind of stuff. He's saying the body of Christ is exactly the same way. So he says this, so in, in Christ, though many, we form one body. And each member belongs to the others. We have different gifts according to the grace that's given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance to your faith. Pastor Scott, what are you talking about uh, uh, discovering our purpose? Every one of us is part of the body of Christ. Every one of us has giftings that's placed on the inside of you by God, the, the, created, the, the, the God that created all of us. Yahweh, him, that guy. He created you and he put giftings on the inside of you. And the gift that you have, nobody else in the body of Christ maybe has it just like you do. 
So when we bring the body of Christ together, it's important that all of our gifts come together. Otherwise, we're going to be armless or we're going to be footless. So here's the crazy thing is so many times we get in our, in our relationship with God and, and, and we're, we're on this journey and we're trying to work through getting some freedom, but sometimes we get stuck over here and God is saying, no, listen, I've got something for you to do. Like it's a gifting up. I, I, I put something in you and I want to I see that come together with the body of Christ and so discover purpose. How do we do that? We give you the opportunity in, in something we call growth track. Growth track is, happens twice a month here. I want to encourage you. It's happening next week. If you want to get together and go to growth track, get with Pastor Parker, our connections pastor. He'll be happy to get you connected for growth track. You say, what's going to happen in there? Well, you're going to learn a little bit about the church, but you're also, we're going to give you a spiritual gifts assessment. And you'll be shocked. It's just a practical tool. Answer some questions. You'll be shocked at how accurate it actually is. And it will help you to identify what giftings God's placed on the inside of you. Then we can help you to identify that gifting as to where you might be able to, to do something in the body of Christ. So to discover your purpose. And then number four is to make a difference. I love this. If we're gonna make a difference, how do we do that? We do that by coming together and say, God, can I, could I, could my giftings be used in the body of Christ? And the answer is this. Yes, they can. That's what the beauty of God's house is. And that's what the vision of High Point is. So that you, each one of us, come to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, so that we can all make a difference. In the world, they call that last one making a difference. The world has a name for all of these because it's kind of like a counterfeit to what God created. They don't know that it came from God. But... They identify that last one making a difference as transcendence. That you can transcend yourself. But they say, this is all whatever. Transcend yourself in order to, to, to live at the highest level is making a difference in the life of somebody else. That's what they call it, but God calls it. Now listen, it's your purpose to walk out with your gifting in the body of Christ. Here, here's the simple thing. I hope that you've heard this right. Where, where are you on your journey? And do you have vision for your spiritual life? I want to encourage you to pray and ask God, God, where, where am I at? If you ever looked at a map, maps don't help you if you don't know where you start. I don't know what it is. I, I, how many, y'all use map apps right now? Everybody's got like maps or Google Maps or, I like Waze because it tells you where the, where the police is at. You know what I'm saying? So here's the deal though. Sometimes Waze, and y'all you, you, can come tell me, you need to update your app, Pastor. I know, okay, I know. Sometimes Waze remembers where I was and I turn the app on the next time like the other day, I was trying to get downtown Houston. I met my house in Friendswood. And you're only 12 miles away from downtown. I'm like, man, it's closer than I thought. Well, I know it's really 20-something, 20 24 miles. But it thought I was still someplace else. And so many times, we get mixed up in our own hearts and minds of thinking where we, that we're someplace else than we really are. Like, ask God, be like, no, where am I? Like, God, I didn't know where I am right now so I can get to where I'm going. So you got to kind of identify those things. I, I want to. 
Thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed this message, we want to encourage you to subscribe and also share it on social media. You can always jump over to our website, myhighpointchurch.com, click the giving link. What that does is it helps us to continue to share the message of Jesus Christ across the world. God bless you and remember, you can do all things through Christ.